Ladies and gentlemen, the recipient Hello, of the National Jefferson Steve Award Holzer, and always, the number one New York Times best-selling my own voice, attempting author, to try to save America host, and to pull the barge from Pelzer. itself, and that starts with me. And as always, thank you so much for your valuable time. Uh, this is going to be a unique show. It's a happy show. I'm so happy to have you to listen. You'll understand that a little bit more. I know I say that with every show, but now I think you'll really understand it. We'll reveal that here in a bit. Because, again, I know how busy everybody is. And uh, it's just, at my age, everything is about time and energy, how much time and energy I put into projects or, you know, uh, uh, people's issues <laughs> or their dramas. Like, mm, not too much time and energy for that anymore. Not anymore. And hopefully the same for you. Because that's a lesson I've really had to learn the hard ways. How, you know, I only have so much time left. Or as I learned from someone a long time ago, I don't know how many more summers I have left to live, so I'm going to make them work for me now. So again, I'm so grateful. I truly am, particularly on this day, the first Friday of March. And as always, uh, I like to slow it down just a little bit and ask the most important question, how are you? How are you today? You know, if you're having a great day, hug it, own it, cherish it. If you're not having a great day, well, it's just one day. Do what you can to get through it as best as you can and do things for yourself. If there's a lesson to be learned in this show, lesson number one, do things that make you <laughs> happy. I was watching uh, Tropic <laughs> Thunder with our good friend Ben Stiller. And his character says, you make me so happy. <laughs> I thought that was cute. So anyway, thank you for listening. So what I do is um, before a show, I drive around. I need 30 to 40 minutes alone, and I'll just drive and start talking <laughs> to myself as if I'm doing the show so I can get a thread and get an idea and, you know, depend upon the time of year. And I try to put lots of things into the shows, and sometimes they work better, sometimes eh, don't work so well. But at least we attempt to try, <laughs> for goodness sakes. So I went out of my area. Uh, of, of the Russian River and uh, went to uh, uh, the Santa Rosa area. And there is a, a specialty uh, uh, grocery store. It's called Oliver's. It's kind of like uh, Whole Foods on steroids. And it's just, it's, it's just a beautiful experience, <laughs> so I can say. And what I always do at the end, you know, I get the produce and the yogurt and the milk and so forth. And they have this hot area. You know, that, that you can grab a lunch or a dinner and, you know, as much as you want and so forth. And I seem to be following this one lady. I was I was going to pick the food that she was picking. And then we kind of stopped and I said, hello, how are you? I hope you're having a nice day. And she just gave me a, a look and a smile. And she was this very the nicest, nicest lady that, that you could ever meet. And she actually thanked me for my manners, which is rare. Now, she's a a little bit older than me, so maybe the same, you know, uh, generation in which manners, I think, should be appreciated. And she gave me this nice, sh you know, smile, and she, she complimented me on my smile and asked me, it's, you seem happy. I, I, I said, well, yes. And then I said, well, I, I've been so blessed because the first Friday of March is, is my rescue day. So I'm a very emotion I'm in an emotional state days before that, you know, good and bad, like, you know, I just count my blessings or, you know, know how close it was to, to, to the end for me. 
So I basically says, you know, I'm just all so blessed. And then she gave me the look. And I've seen this look a thousand times. And, 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 she, and, and she said, it's you. And then she covered her mouth. She kind of gushed. And I kind of gave her the look. Yeah, I was called it a long time ago. But yes, it is. It is me. And, and I gave her a very sincere hug. And then I asked her, I said, can you keep me in your prayers? And she said, I will certainly will. And I just thought that was just a beautiful experience, something so simple, a gesture, a kind word, and a smile. And she said, you made my day. And I said, no, miss, you're making my day. Thank you so much. Because part of it is, ladies and gentlemen, you know, in the course of a life, it's the people that you meet that have an impact on you or, which is better, the impact that you can have on others. And I think that's one of the valuable lessons I've learned. I've always tried to be grateful. And I'll never forget that, that first Friday in March when I was a young boy, I was 12, and things were, looking at it now, it was perilous. It was so dark and I was so close to that edge. And yet, a random act. Uh, I was rescued basically by four teachers and a nurse and a principal. And at the time, that, that Friday, I had, I, I had no hope. I had nothing left, no willpower, nothing. I actually prayed for everything to end. I wasn't familiar with the word suicide or what that meant. But I was just at my ropes end. My parents had separated, so my father wouldn't be there to protect me as much as he tried to, even though he wasn't there a lot. And I just was at the point that that weekend I was supposed to be alone with mother, and I really thought, this is it. My my siblings were going to spend the weekend with my uncle and aunt, and mother going to have her way with me. And I was at that stage where I was actually starting to provoke her, in a sense. Like, uh, uh, I wouldn't do my chores as clean as she, she demanded, or as I used to. Uh, I, would, I, I would just kind of, the, the worst crime... I can do with my mother or against my mother was to look her in the eyes. I was not allowed to look at her. And I remember I would just look her in the eyes and she would just, you know, pounce on me. Or I remember uh, several times when she would choke me and I thought my eyes would actually just pop out of my head for goodness sakes. And I remember just looking in her, in her eyes like, do it. Just do it. My body at that time, in that uh, the before Mar the first Friday of March, it was just totally shut down. I couldn't rest. I couldn't sleep. And I remember that morning, first Friday of March, uh, I was in the basement, uh, 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 sleeping on the cot or resting on the cot, and I, I fell asleep for a few seconds, and I was late with my chores. And I remember I was supposed to sweep the garage with no lights, and then sweep uh, the stairs that led from the basement to the house. And I remember I couldn't grip the banister. My motor skills, I mean, I was thinking, okay, grip it, but I just remember looking at my hand like, why aren't you doing what you're supposed to do? It was just a mess. And I remember I finally showed up at school a little bit late. And as always, I would check into my homeroom and uh, Mr. Ziegler, and I'd open a door, and he'd give me the look. And when he saw me, I just remember his eyes like, wow, what is going on? And he'd seen me, again, in this state for months and months and months. But something was off. 
So when he gave me the nod, I'd run to the nurse's office, and we've been doing this since the fourth grade. I would strip down to my disgusting soiled underwears, my little white briefs. And I, I, was, I was embarrassed at how I looked and how I smelled. But, and this lady, God bless her, she would check me from my, my toes to my nose. And uh, sometimes she would give me French bread. And the reason why she did that, because she knew I would digest it quickly in case my mother, who had the, the pattern of calling to school once, twice a day to have me run home to regurgitate so I can prove I hadn't stolen any food. So we figured it out that the, the French bread will give me a form of sugar and it give me some substance. And on Fridays, every once in a while, she'd give me a Twinkie and she was just like the nicest person. And yet, you know, I knew things were off because the, the nurse was shocked by something that I didn't pay attention to. And I'll never forget this. She took me to the teacher's lounge when they were having lunch. And there was a police officer, and he gave me a look like, okay, okay, this is it. And I thought I was going to jail. I thought, great, she can't kill me in jail. And I remember seeing those movies as a very small child. If you went to jail, you got two square meals a day, and you got a cot and a rack. And, and I thought, this is, this is like the Ritz-Carlton for me. And then the most loving thing, one by one, the teachers in the teacher's lounge having their lunch, they came over to say goodbye to me. I mean, I was so ashamed because I was that kid that everybody talked about. I was that kid that was always in trouble. I was that kid that smelled and stole food from uh, uh, the, the kids' lunches. I was that kid that was dumpster diving for food, for scraps, for goodness sakes. And I was so ashamed. And there was this one lady, she was my... Um, Oh, my goodness. Uh, one of my teachers, and I remember her name was Miss Woods, and she was just drop-dead gorgeous. Everything about her was so refined. She had, the, the, she had the long blonde hair, you know, and, and, and just dressed like a princess. And the other teachers were a little like, mm, okay, have a good one. See you later, kid. And I'll never forget this. Miss Woods gave me the hug of my life. And I'll never forget this, too. The world stopped. All noise. All sensation. I just melted in this lady's arms. Something I can never forget. Something so simple. And yet, I was free. I remember the police officer walked me from the teacher's lounge to his police car. And the kids were playing, and they were yelling, Pelzer's busted, Pelzer's schmelzer, you know. And, and this gentleman, this, this tall gentleman, he said, my job is to protect and to serve. And today I have the honor to protect and serve you, Mr. Pelzer. And that's when I realized I do exist. I do matter. And I remember us going down the freeway, you know, to, uh, he was driving me, I didn't know at the time, he was driving me to a uh, hospital, children's hospital, so I can be examined. And I just remember looking at the blue skies and thinking to myself, gosh, I'm free. I am free. And 20 years later, you know, I'm married. I have a small son. I'm flying for the Air Force. And I was also getting involved with uh, 
youth at risk programs in California and I was a counselor in the local juvenile hall. And what I wanted to do was to write a thank you letter to my teachers and I thought this would be the appropriate time. So I went back to the school where Ms. Constan was still teaching. Ms. Woodworth, my other teacher, had retired and Mr. Ziegler was still teaching. So I spent the day at the school doing, you know, the Dave show, hey, don't do drugs, be good, stay focused, you know, just trying to help out as I always did when I was speaking. And so we went to dinner afterwards and and he was very nervous. And this man is like six foot eighteen. He is the Clint Eastwood of teachers. He has eyes in the back of his head. And that's the thing too, he's always your teacher call me Steve. I says, I can't, sir. You're my teacher. You're Mr. Z. And he actually told me why they decided to intervene. I had no idea. And when he told me, I remember I had a fork and it clattered and it made such a racket. Everybody stopped to look at us and suddenly we're holding hands crying. He said, you had no skin on your arms. That you, I had gray patches and I guess I was peeling them away. Because what happened is my arms got burned. The Thursday afternoon when I came home, mother had dreamt up a new thing. She had a, 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 a mixture of ammonia and Clorox. And she forced my arms basically into the bucket. And I was so scared because I really thought in my head, she's going to force my head into the bucket. So I thought, close your eyes and just don't swallow. Don't. I, I was so scared. But what I had done is I forgot to rinse off the solution with water. And I think that's one of the reasons why my motor skills were bad because I couldn't grip anything. My brain was shutting down. My body was shutting down that Friday in March. And it's just, you know, sometimes you just don't know how close you were to something so bad until after. You don't know how lucky you are until after when you really have time to think about things and the course of your life and what you've achieved and not achieved. That's why I tell people I am the luckiest person I've ever known. I'm the most blessed individual to be given such an amazing life. Hence, I think that's one of the reasons why I try to be of service. Hence, this show. Hence, my life and my lifestyle. So, after Mr. Z and I parted ways. Eventually, uh, you know, we the, the book was printed, not published. The child called it was printed. And I'm proud to say I gave the first copies. I went back to the school and gave them out to my rescuers. And I just remember celebrating that day, again, being of service. And uh, it eventually became, a w it went from a one-day program to like a Pelzer Palooza, five days visiting the local juvenile halls or colleges and training and, you know, visiting with the police department and visiting with foster children and visiting different schools, just trying to be of service. And of course, you know, as the years went by, you know, my re teachers retired and s now two of them have passed away. When I lived in Rancho Mirage in the beginning part of the, uh, the century, uh, I would work, my, my program was I would work out, I go to church, I do an in-service training for those who are new in what we call program. And, you know, I would, I was so proud. And then when, later on when I moved from 
Ranch Mirage Palm Springs area, I moved up to Sea Ranch, I would still do that in-service training outside of Palm Springs, which was like a 13-hour drive. And then it got to the point that uh, it, with COVID and so forth, I would spend my rescue uh, day trying to be of service at the Monterey Fire Department here at the Russian River. And today, I'm celebrating by doing the show because I want to be of service. And today, the first thing is I did is I got out of bed and I changed the sheets. I always like to change the sheets on Friday, but on this particular day, I even changed my duvet cover. It took me an extra 20 minutes <laughs> to do that, for goodness sakes. And out of all the things I love, I really love clean sheets. Tom Hanks and Castaway, he has ice. I have clean sheets. And I will never forget, uh, I think the parallel is I was nine before I was rescued. And by accident, my mother had stabbed me. She didn't plan it. It wasn't premeditated like her other things. It was just simple. You know, she threatened me with the knife. I'm, I wasn't even concerned. I've seen it a hundred times. Whatever. Shut up. Let me do the dishes so I can possibly have something to eat. Because when she talks, the clock is still running. The bomb's going to go off. So she would was going to be a nurse or she married my father. So she knew exactly what to do. And in my mind, I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, the game, the facade is over. She's going to take me to the hospital. And I didn't think about anything, not food, not escaping. All I wanted was clean sheets. I'll never forget the first day in foster care. They gave me a small little room. And right outside the window were these big redwood trees. And I remember burying myself up to my nose. But I still wanted to look out at those redwood trees. And I just remember absorbing the sense of those clean sheets. So today I'm celebrating my little rescue day. I worked out. I'm going to pray, of course, again. And I might, oh my gosh, a big thing for me, I, I might take myself out to dinner and eat it there rather eat than get it to go. It's almost like the lady said at Oliver's, she said, you seem so grateful about your life. And I said, yes, I have to be. I have to be because I've been given so much. I think out of all the lessons that I have learned is I don't want to take too much for granted. If I can give you a lesson right here, right now, don't take too much of your life for granted. Your life, your health, your family, your love, people around you. We live in a world that is so chaotic right now. Everybody has bad days and everybody has bad situations. But if you step outside the box and look at the world, you're going to, oh my goodness, I'm only having a bad day. I could be overseas. I can be in a war zone. I can be where they don't, when, when people don't have certain rights that they should have. And we, in this country in particular, there's a, whether it's the politics of life or, or, or paying more money for a happy meal, which just doesn't really make you happy, it could be worse. And I think in my case, you know, when you're a old and alone, you think an awful lot. I always say, Nixon stated, the best memoirs are written in jail because there's nothing else to do. And I think being alone, it's giving me a lot of time to think. And I think, I think I took my marriage to the atomic blonde for granted. 
I should have put more effort into that relationship. I should have done this. I should have done that. But at the same time, I'm grateful. Even when bad things happen to me, I mean, I'm not over the moon happy, but I'm somehow grateful that, you know what, I got out of that mess or I'm grateful I had time, like with the Atomic Blonde. Uh, think about it. A skinny, geek boy, stuttering fool, eventually can grow up and be with someone like the Atomic Blonde. That's why I think the smartest thing I did during the divorce, I was as nice as can be. I wanted to just make it as easy as possible for both of us, rather than bicker, 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 and fight over something so obtuse that doesn't mean anything at the end of the day. I just think I should have done better. If anything, it makes me appreciate what I have today. And it's kind of like my past. Some of us have had bad experiences, but maybe there's a blessing of a sorts in one's future. Does that make sense? I remember uh, I was at the fire department at Sea Ranch we got a medical call, and it seemed like a simple call. Lady fell, and we checked her out and so forth, and she, her husband was standing in front of her, and her husband seemed very nervous. Okay, so that tells us something. And then she had a seizure. So we put her on the floor, gave her plenty of room, and then all of a sudden, non-responsive. She wasn't breathing. She had no pulse. So immediately, we, we arranged, you know, this, uh, it was a female in her 40s, and she had, you know, some issues, I guess, some medical history. So now that she's not breathing, I'm, I'm doing uh, uh, the, the CPR in her. I'm giving her chest compressions. And we had her hooked up and so forth, and she just, boom, boom, opens her eyes. She's like, oh, my God, what happened? And we're like, oh, my God, you were like, wow, <laughs> not doing too well. And she kind of smiled. She started to sit up. Boom, she had another seizure. And just like before, boom, no pulse, non-responsive. Well, we brought her back and stabilized her. And we, they, they flew her out in a chopper. And we thought, okay, you know, this is just the day at the office. Two weeks later, by coincidence, I was working out with the guys at the, at the fire station. Usually I work out, you know, in the town gym. But, you know, once in a while I work out with the young firefighters. And here she shows up. And usually, uh, you know, if it looks like if, if she, she, we weren't sure if she was stroking a little bit, she was representing that. But we were worried about her. And yet she shows up with her husband. Everything about her is so perfect. She has this aura about her. She's smiling. And she actually told me and another firefighter that we worked on her, she said, I know this sounds weird, but that medical experience was the best thing that ever happened to me. And my, my firefighter didn't understand. And she gave me the smile. I'm going, I know that smile. I know exactly what you're saying. Because she told us in confidence that her husband and her were having a rocky relationship, that, that uh, she had empty nest syndrome because the kids had moved out and gone to college. You know, she, she didn't really like her job, you know. And she says, now every day is such a blessing for me. And just as I've said a thousand times, you know, COVID humbled us. And every day that we don't have COVID is a great day. We live in a time when our kids come home from school 
oh my gosh, we're counting our blessings. There's a shooting somewhere, everywhere. But if we, if our family is safe and food on the table and you've got cable TV, you're living a life of Riley, for goodness sakes. You're lucky. But at the same time, too, I think people like that lady and maybe myself, we've earned our luck. Does that make sense? And that was the same smile that I guess I gave that lady at Oliver's just yesterday. So today, the first Friday of March is my rescue day. Today, I so appreciate the life that I've been given. I appreciate the adventures I've been allowed to live. I love the loves of my life. And now I have a family. My son, his beautiful wife, and my little SJ. SJ, what an amazing, and it's, it's nothing that we don't all have in a sense, but I appreciate it, particularly on this day. And now you hopefully understand. When I say I appreciate you listening, I'm saying it from the heart. And I know I say some things that are kind of stupid, horribly obtuse. I've always stated I am not the best host, but I will give you my best. I want you to be happy. I want you to appreciate the small things. Don't wait for the big things to make you happy. Do three things a day that you want to do for yourself. Do three things a day that can make other people happy. That one lady was just floating. At the, 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 the older lady at the, the, the supermarket yesterday. And the fact that we can hug each other for just a second, you know, and make that connection. I will never forget that lady, for goodness sakes. So I think tonight... For me, after I've said my prayers tonight, I will rest in clean sheets. Okay. Well, uh, get a little emotional there. Sorry. Uh, one thing I want to say before we start wrapping up here is I'm very proud to announce officially that this month I'll be giving out four. Uh, awards for the local Russian River area. It's called the Dave Pelzer Humanitarian Award, and I'm just bursting. I'm so proud that that I was able to to put this together. I'll, I'll tell me. I'll probably tell you more about it later. Per se, how it came to be. It came from a negative situation, actually. And I thought, hmm, how can I turn this into positive? And my son's going to be there, and my family's going to be there, and I'm just I'm just over the moon on this. Because I'm very emotional at March. Because I love March. I March. I love spring rejuvenation. I screen, uh, uh, spring clean the house. OCD, you know, is in, in overdrive. <laughs> and then when the weather is perfect, then I start to plant my flowers. I love my flowers. Even today, I went to the gym, went to the supermarket, and I bought more flowers than I should have. <laughs> But I love the house to have flowers. The house has life. And I want you to have flowers in your life. Whether they actual flowers or look at some piece of art or a picture that makes you smile. Because I will say this again and again. You deserve to be happy. If you went through something bad, you survived for a reason. It upsets me so when people say, oh, I'm still a victim of abuse. I'm going, oh, my God, you're 70. And I'm sorry, but you've wasted so much time and energy, just as I have. I've, I've made a, every mistake that anybody can make, but I've always tried to do the right thing. 
And sometimes the more you try, the more you fall. But when you get up, guess what? You can walk and then you run and you find your stride and you're way ahead of the curve. So if you're going through a situation right now, it's only for the now. Give yourself credit. I've said this a dozen times with people. You have to learn to forgive yourself. You have to learn to forgive yourself. And you've got to move on. Life is about movement. So keep moving. All right. Enough of the lectures, huh? <laughs> I'm talking to myself now. I want to thank, uh, as always, our good friend Pat Metheny and Pat Metheny Management for allowing us to use his music. Uh, i sure I mentioned this a couple of shows ago. I used to have a piano, and I was self-taught. Self I would write down every single note, you know, because I, I don't know how to read music. And I remember I would play a couple of his songs, and recently I bought a keyboard that I have upstairs in my little office lounge, lodge, uh, <laughs> loft, sorry, duh, I have a loft. <laughs> And I'm trying to retrain myself to do this. And I just love it because my, my real goal is when the SJ comes over, you know, him and I can do a duet. He'll probably play better than I do. So, ladies and gentlemen, I am so grateful. And I'm so grateful for your time. And I'm grateful for your prayers. And I wish the best for all of you. So, as always, please, do as much as you can for as long as you can for as many as you can. So until next time, please take good care. And as always, good day, good luck, and God bless.